and welcome to How to Adult. It's 2021 and not much has changed, but that's okay. I'm still hopeful for a different end to this year anyway. This episode, I talked to my pal Lucy. She is the only person in my group at home who did not go to uni. And in fact, she's one of only three people in my whole year who did not go into some sort of further education after sixth form, which blows my mind that only three people made this choice. And it's not that Lucy didn't get into uni, she just chose not to apply. And she is probably one of the most intelligent people that I know. I think if you've listened to one of my previous episodes on going to uni, then you'll understand that perhaps why this happened, as a lot of us were perhaps forced into choosing to go to uni. So I'm very keen to talk to Lucy and see how she, one, escapes this and her experience of things. We answer many questions, including, did she miss out on anything? Is there a stigma attached to not going to uni? What has Lucy achieved in this time? And what are her thoughts on choosing what to do after school? Enjoy! Okay, hello Lucy! Thank you so much for being on today's episode! Uh, This is something we've talked about not that long ago, actually. And then I wanted to revisit it because it feels very relevant right now in this current situation I feel like a lot of people have decided not to go to uni because of the current situation and maybe people are thinking about not going to uni anyway and the pressures of going but you my friend didn't go to uni and you're probably well how many of us are there in our little group from home that's what I was just thinking in my head how many is there 14 either 14 or 13 I'm gonna get told off I think (laughs) <laughs> miss someone we're not knowing um, and you're the only one who didn't go to uni yes the only one and we also mentioned it in my quiz didn't we I thought that was quite funny and oh, yeah that we did a lockdown yeah yeah quite... so I didn't do a proper introduction I'm sorry this is my friend Lucy uh we went to school together with school friends and Lucy didn't go to uni which feels like a conversation that we've not really had before like I don't know much about what you felt when we all went to uni or much of your experiences apart from like I know the basics what job you got how long you were in that job what you do now what you've done in between but we've never really talked about how you felt about not going to uni so I guess my first question is why did you decide to not go to uni it's actually a really gonna be a really simple answer I had no idea what I wanted to do I I just my sister always knew what she wanted to do. She wanted to be a teacher. And I was so proud of her for choosing that. But for me, there, was, there are just so many different job opportunities out there and different careers. And I had no idea at the age of, what, 17, 18, what I actually wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to earn, obviously earn my own money and then eventually get my own place. But at that time, I thought, actually, maybe let's not choose the uni route and just try and look for a job somewhere. But it's not going to be the, the my ideal job, but at least it will sort of be a stepping stone. I think that's an incredible thing that you decided to do, because my first question to people who went to uni is, why did you choose to go? And more often than not, their answer was because they had no idea what job they wanted to go into. So they almost did it to buy a little time. And maybe a large part in that was because they were forced to. Yeah, how did you get around that? How did you get around those... I can't remember what the names were. Who was the teacher? There was, like, two head of six forms who were like, you have to go. If you have another option, then great. But if you don't have an option, then you're going to uni. Yeah, I can't remember their names either. But they were just sort of... 
oh, you're going to uni and they would press us and press us and make and say to us, you need to make a decision. I thought, oh no, I actually don't want to go. And then I actually had to go to another little sort of, say either lesson or a little session with two other people. And I think that was out of the whole, the whole like sixth form year. And we just had, I think they were called like career development sessions. But they just sort of... Okay. Yeah. So did you just say to them, no, I'm not going to uni? And then they were like, oh, okay. Yeah, literally that. They said, well, if you're not going to go, what is the plan? What jobs have you looked into? And at the time, I think, I have not actually looked into anything yet, which, looking back, was probably a little bit silly. But then again, I still didn't know what I, I wanted to do. Else. Yeah, I don't know when else you would have thought about that, because I didn't think about it any other time. Okay, but did you fill out an, a UCAS application in, in our tutor sessions? I Yeah, I must have done. I think I remember putting down that my backup plan, if if I didn't want to go down the job route, was to maybe do criminology at, is it Bangor University in Wales? Okay, so you definitely looked in, if you know the name, you definitely looked into it and then had decided no. I remember thinking, So it wasn't yeah. even like, because I imagine some people might have even think that people have been too lazy to even look, but it sounds like you looked into your options and you were like, nope. I definitely like talked about it with my parents and said, should I at least have that as a, you know, a plan C? And they said, no, definitely. But if it's not actually something you really want to push with Lucy, because they know what I'm like. And <laughs> it's quite funny. At primary school, I really, really used to hate maths. And within one of my little school reports, it said, Lucy has a tendency to give up. <laughs> and it's like an ongoing joke in my family. They'll just say, oh, if something's too difficult, Lucy, you've got a tendency to give up. <laughs> so, thought, so they were like, Lucy, don't go, you'll quit and you'll waste all your money. But exactly that. My dad would go, oh, hey, I'm Lucy, I quit. And I thought, oh, thanks, <laughs> thanks for that, Dad. Yeah, cheers. So savage. <laughs> did you feel any pressure to go to uni? Like, well, your, it sounds like they didn't, but did your parents want you to go to uni? Because Han, Hannah, your sister, went to uni, didn't she? Yeah, there was no... I don't think any pressure at all. I think at the time, That's my so parents good. had, like, I think, just divorced. So there was still mm. a lot going on um, with that. But they just said to us, Lucy, are you, going, are you wanting to go to uni? You know, by the way, you'll have to, you know, you'll be moving out of home. I'm not sure if you're ready. I used to get terribly homesick when I was a little girl as well. So that, yeah. that was always in the back of my mind. I'm thinking that was, the divorce was such a stressful thing, let alone having to go to uni, being away from my parents, not knowing what's going on. So I thought, at least if I'm home, that wasn't the only reason, obviously, but at least if I'm home, I can support like both of them if I need to. Yeah. Oh, bless you. So how did you make the decision of what job you went into then after school? I, in one of the career sessions, um, there was just a job advert. I think it was in our local journal as well. I think it just said office administrator, not even like a, like an office junior, just a standard office administrator role um, in the local sort of trading state in like the next village from where I used to live. Relatively not bad pay. I thought this actually sounds okay. You know, it's a start. Let's try and see what, what's that, you know, what's that about? So I applied for that, as did the other two people in the session. Really? 
So it was really quite awkward. Did you have any idea what that job role is? Because I feel like I would have read that and been like, no idea what that is. I still don't know what that is. Say, so, am I allowed to say the company like that I work for? Yeah. Oh, mate, say whatever oh, you want. Oh, lovely. Um, yeah, so I worked, <laughs> I worked for Gatesy, which was an automatic door company. Oh, okay, yeah. Hold for the applause. Sounds No, it's not interesting. <laughs> it, it feels really like what, would ha- what happens in Somerset, like everyone goes into all the trade, the different trades that you could get. It was it's so random. And that job was to just look after about eight engineers and manage their day-to-day like activities of repairing doors. Yeah. Okay. When did you start that role? How quickly after school? So when we left school in, oh, was it June? Like June, July. Mm, June, July. Yeah. I think I then worked... Uh, it's embarrassing. I then worked at Lidl for about two and a bit months, just I think while I was That's still not at embarrassing. school. embarrassing. I feel like most people did that after uni as well, so I wouldn't worry. <laughs> oh, but it was it was quite good though. <laughs> Every lunchtime I used to go get a pie. <laughs> <laughs> I would like the chocolate. <laughs> My favourite thing, I got a pie, guys. Yeah. While I went to Lidl. It was. Oh, I'm so bad. My diet was awful. So I'd have a pie. I must have worked like five days a week. And then, but I only then realised I should have actually like oven cooked it and I was just heating it up in their microwave. <laughs> we did have meat in it. Yeah, it was like chicken. Oh, oh God. Lizzie nearly <laughs> died of food poisoning. I know. Whilst working at Lindo. Oops. Though, yeah. That's very responsible though because you could have just stayed at home for those two months before you got that job that's what I know most people have done um but you were like no I'm gonna go and get another part-time job in the meantime Mm. I just wanted to do something and then I think I must have applied for it in either August or the July so I was at Lidl for about Mm -hmm. three months like while doing our exams and then it got down to I think the like two of us had got through like from this from my little session and we had to go and do a little trial and then I'm, I'm remembering it now. So what they said to me is, Lucy, you just have all these files and just organise them in the quickest way and the best way you can. And thinking, right, okay. Good test. Mm, it sounds fun. So <laughs> there were so many. They brought in like three really large boxes and they had me sat at the desk. And I said, well, this isn't enough space, is it? So I literally went on the floor and then just was having different piles all around me on the desk on the floor and they said that was the turning point for them because they said oh you've got the job now Lucy because you used your initiative and used the space did you utilize the space <laughs> they were like that's what we were hoping for because the other person um I can't remember who it was now but they were struggling on the desk and they had all the files coming out and everything paperwork was spilling everywhere so they said oh no they're, they're no good <laughs> Lucy got on her hands and knees and she got the job. Not in a dirty way, oh. just because she... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, oh, no. Nice and files. Oh, amazing. So did you have any fears starting work? Because you, you, how many jobs had you had um, before, like in sixth form and stuff? Did you ha- How much work experience had you had before that point? Barely anything, but well, nothing paid. I actually worked at the local charity shop in Porton um, for my Duke of Edinburgh award. Yeah. Yeah. So that was... A bit of volunteering. Yeah, but I then carried it on. 
so I think what was it we had to do it for six months or something for the bronze award I then carried that on I think for at least like three years every Saturday morning I would go down help out for a few hours so I'd say that was like a customer service you know what I mean or just a a role yeah. that I quite like to do like meeting people and helping people out in the community so your first job outside of school which was you didn't go to uni and your first official proper adult job was actually your first experience of being employed and paid yeah exactly that um okay did you have any fit you must have oh well it's your first proper job what what were your feelings going into that job I think it was just working with like a cohort that was so much older than me um I think above me, so I must have been like 18, 19 at the time. And they were at least 50 plus, like all of them. This is another question I was going to say to you. Was there anyone your age that worked with you? No, it was such a small team, I think. So it was my sort of boss boss and then two people under him. And then there was three ladies who sort of managed all the engineers. So that would have been, let's make six. <laughs> yeah, look at my head then. Did you, was there anything you were super excited about? going into your first job I'm just building my confidence um I was quite like a shy person and I just wanted just to have more experience in the wide world and just like deal with people more confidently I always used to be really fearful of answering the phone and so much so at home <laughs> I would run off <laughs> if <laughs> the phone goes easy out the back door I should say to anyone listening that Lucy can be shy with new people unless she's drunk but actually when she gets to know you you're hilarious you're on the banter all the time and you're the opposite of shy oh thank you that is a really nice compliment i think i'm just really reserved i think i'll know if they if i like them and they'll get to know me the real lucy will come out this bubbly really probably in your face character I feel privileged. Oh, that's a So we'll get back onto the job in a minute. If we go from, I guess we all started uni in September. Did anyone not go, else not go? Yeah, Ellen didn't go. She... Oh, but she went to college, didn't she? Ellen and Soph, actually. Yeah, they... Yeah. So they went into some institution and they met some new people. Oh, but that means they were at home. Was that nice? That was nice. Um, obviously, yeah, I still had Ellen and Soph we could meet up with. Then they were so busy with uni work and then meeting their new friends. It was quite isolating. But then I actually did have a new boyfriend at the time. So I was quite busy with that. But I, I missed everyone so much. And I'd only actually passed my driving test. Um probably in the October of 2013. So We should point out at this point, if you don't drive a car where we live, you have no independence whatsoever because we live in tiny villages and there's nothing close. So if you can't drive, you're very stuck. Mm. Or if you have a bike, but I wouldn't recommend it. There's a lot of hills where we live. <laughs> yeah, imagine biking to Bristol. That would be horrible. Oh, no, thank you. I've done bath before in Chew Valley Lake. That was quite nice. Um, okay, I forgot that they were home, so that's good. But then they were making new friends. Uh, and then the rest of us kind of went to uni not close. As I was writing down some questions earlier, I, I didn't think about this before. But none of us went to uni anywhere really near home. 
So that kind of spread us all out a bit, but that's good that Ellen and the Sophie came home. Mm. I think it was only the one year they were home. So I actually, then they went off to Bournemouth and I did visit Ellen twice in Bournemouth, Ellen and Zove, which was quite good. Yeah. But I remember promising to Zoe, oh, I will come visit you. And I never did. <laughs> Sorry, Zoe. She was so fucked. She was so fucked, to be fair. It, that would have been a commitment to go. Where'd she go? Northampton? No. Nottingham Trent. Where'd she go? Oh, yeah, that's it. Nottingham. Well, what was it go- like going to uni then for those few visits? I really liked Bournemouth. Looking back, if I had probably actually gone to uni, Bournemouth would have been the one I probably would have liked to go to. Probably not the arts one, because I am in no way artistic. I could sing. Oh, must be. I'm trying to be modest. Yeah, I could sing a little bit. I want to hear you sing. Hello. Not on the podcast. No. Um, <laughs> so embarrassing. Uh, no. Yeah. So I'd probably gone to the normal. Did it make of... you want to go to uni visiting them, or were you quite happy with the choice that you'd made? It was. Yeah, I really got a little bit, a little bit jealous, and I thought they're really sort of living, like, well, their best lives. A bit cheesy, but. They've just met so many different people and having so many different experiences and I'm just feel like I'm stuck in the same village. You know, am I going to be stuck here, for, you know, for like 10 years? I thought, well, that's the last thing I want. And I even got an award at school that said least likely to leave Norton. So that was... <laughs> oh, no, I forgot about that. That's probably because everyone knew you didn't want to go to uni though. Oh, people are so savage. At our school, I'll just explain very quickly... For Leavers Day, we had to vote for each other for stupid awards for different things, and that was one of them. It was very savage, and in my opinion, uh, very pointless. But yeah, uh, yeah, quite funny. And then they'd all cheer. You'd stand up, and I think I milked it. I was like, "Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I will never leave this town." Yeah, I think I must have said then, right? I'm going to take this award, but it will not be true. And look at me now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the outskirts of Bristol. Oh, yeah. Which is still quite <laughs> close to Midsummer Norton. <laughs> but I'm, I'm I'm a little bit further away. I actually moved just outside of the town, guys. Don't worry. Yeah, different county <laughs> altogether, people. That's what we're going with. <laughs> okay. And then when we were in our... Se- so, quickly, was there, was there any point whilst everyone else was at uni that you regretted your decision not to go? Um, yeah, I think probably quite a few times when work was just really either dull, um, like in winter it would drag. I'd go probably literally one and a half miles down the road from where I lived with my mum. I could have walked it, but I would still drive down there, work from half eight in the morning till five, Monday to Friday and just drive home. And I thought, oh, this is so boring. I thought, if this is the next 40 years of my working life, kill me now. (laughs) And what was your expectation of what everyone else is experiencing? Like, what did you think from the outside everyone else was experiencing at uni? I felt they were experiencing the best of probably what... I don't know. I'm trying to phrase it like what? The, the country, maybe? Not the country could offer, but like culturally they were just meeting new people, having new experiences, seeing different parts of the country that were just, you know, so different to what we're used to. I think... Yeah, I go to London quite a lot. So if not like Bournemouth, I maybe have gone to like a London uni because that's where you make connections and you can meet different people. 
and that's how you probably can get on in your career. So that's probably why I was a little bit envious because I thought, oh, they're just going to have these amazing lives and they're just going to be, I'm really stuck here. They'll probably forget me. All my friends have gone and I'm just, yeah, I got a little bit sad. Oh, you thought we'd forget you. Yeah. And make new friends. Can you imagine? That would be horrible. But we didn't, so okay. Mm-hmm. I asked that question because I was going to see if I could try and um uh, air out any of the things that perhaps I didn't experience that you thought I, I might have. Uh, but to be fair, the culture one is probably the only thing that I would say w- was really what I got most out of uni was experiencing all different types of people and cultures but apart from that my first year I didn't really have a great time <laughs> and for me I was interested to see if you experienced this but you know for example Izzy I went to experience Izzy Izzy wasn't too far to be fair she was in Bristol and when I went to her uni though she'd made friend best friends of her whole house in the first week and I was like, oh, this is going to be amazing because she'd gone a few weeks before me. I'm going to make the bestest friends in in my house. And then I went to uni a few weeks after she did because mine started much later. And it was the absolute opposite. I just wasn't with people that I... Um, that we fully connected with. I lo- I liked everyone in my house, but we weren't best friends, not like... Izzy had made and then I just felt really lonely in comparison so I actually didn't have the best time I didn't feel like I lived up my first year as much as I could do I spent a lot of time watching films and I wanted to go home most of the time (laughs) it's so interesting hearing that as well because it's just social media I think sometimes can play such a large part seems like a while ago now seven years ago was Instagram probably really becoming a large like big thing yeah, it definitely was quite a thing. Uh, yeah, if I scroll back, I definitely used it at uni a lot. Mm. And that was just me scrolling, probably at you know, lunchtime at work and seeing all of our friends out going to different places. So I got a little bit of FOMO just looking at that. And I think, yeah, probably a bit selfish of me thinking, oh, well, they're having a great time. I'm just going to, you know, wallow in my self-pity. But that's, a... that's not selfish. I think I did that whilst I was at uni. <laughs> No, like interesting as well when you said was so like Izzy then made like the best friends, and that was what I had. I think was Zoe, like me and Ellen would say Zoe had had like a best friend up there, and we'd always be like, oh that friend, it makes you just feel yeah a little bit sort of pushed aside, which is really really silly because you think well I'm still her friend. I'm just I don't know two hundred miles down like down the country, but yeah. So easy to do, though. I did that to Kelsey a lot. I remember Kelsey posted, I don't know if I told you this before, on her Facebook, she put, I love blah, blah, blah so much in her first year of uni, or second, and a picture of this person. And I was like, I have never heard of this person before. How can you love a person that I have never heard of before? Who are you? You're my friend. And I was getting so (laughs) jealous. And I texted like, what do you mean you love this person? I don't even know who they are. And then we just, to this day, laugh about how much we get FOMA about each other having different friends. Yeah, talk about loyalty. What a game changer. Exactly. Who? How can you love someone I don't know? <laughs> and then I always feel, oh, I'm just going to add their new friend on Facebook. <laughs> That's what I always do. <laughs> so we'll all be friends. So I've never met you before, but I'm going to add all of your uni friends. <laughs> so I feel part of your group. 
<laughs> yeah, don't leave me out. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, so going back to your job, you've, you moved on from that job. How long were you there for? I was there just short of two years. Um, and I remember leaving because I'd actually just got a job at the Ministry of Defence. And what made you choose that? The main reason was a lot of support and help from my mum. Okay, yeah. nice. My mum had worked in the Ministry of Defence, I think, ever since I was in year seven or eight. Yeah. Um, the time she worked in Bath and then she moved across to Bristol, where I'm... I sort of work now, but I don't because of COVID. Um, she said, Lucy, there's so many different job opportunities in this organisation. Just get your foot in the door and you'll you'll just go up the ranks really, really quickly. Like, I'm really sure about it. Because where I was at Gatesy, again, there was six of us, no opportunity for like, development or promotion. And I actually found out I was getting paid five grand less than the other two ladies in the office because they'd said that I was an office junior, but my contract didn't state that. Really? Were you doing much different job to them? Um, one of them, we were on the sort of like the same par, same work, but then we had a new lady come in and she was doing a lot less work than I was doing. And it was just a real kick in the teeth and thinking, this has never been explained to me. But it only came about because we had like a bonus come through and then it like stipulated our wage. And they, the ladies in the office were both sort of showing it to everyone and said, oh, this is what we're on, which is... Oh. And then I looked at mine and think, hmm, something's not right here. Checked on my contract it's exactly the same as theirs so yeah they were being really really naughty to me <laughs> and it's your first job so how would you know like you you don't know i think in your first job you're learning everything about wages what you're worth what you're entitled to what you should be paid what's minimum wage what's national wage what's expected what can you work your way up to I was, yeah, a little bit naive, but then again, I was really young. I think I actually started off on £13,500 a year. Really? Which sounds okay. bad. Yeah, now I now I have an understanding of... Uh, I mean, only really recently, literally not till after drama school, did I have any idea of even what like the minimum wage was per annual year. Uh, wow, that's bad. It was a big shock, and at that time... I'd applied for that job. I had to do it obviously secretly because I didn't want anyone to find out. So I applied for the Ministry yeah. of Defence job. It might have been the December, sort of before I left. Had an interview in January um, that went, I assume, really well. I got all the sort of like the requirements to get in, but they said, we're really sorry. We still want you, but there's not actually a post for you to go into right now. Okay. So I then had to wait until June and I was coming back from holiday um, from Corfu at the time and just had my phone with me and we landed in back in Bristol I looked at my emails and it said congratulations you've been you've got through we've got a job for you <sighs> casually screaming Amazing. in the airport when I walked through <laughs> <laughs> so this was two what at how many years was this into working that you got this job so that was two like two years I think it was 2015 that I found out that I got the job so from September 2013. Okay, so most of us mm. yeah it would have been in our second year going into our third year then I guess and do you think 
not going to uni, what advantages do you think that gave you? It probably gave me life, just life experience, how to deal with difficult people, um, how to deal with people on the phone, um, just managing my finances, not being so dependent on my family. Um, yeah, really just, I could have done that at uni, obviously, because you have to look after yourself at uni, but by having my... I think not yeah. managing, not depending on your family is quite a big one, because actually... I think most people depend largely on their family when they're at uni. You have some independence, but you are quite dependent on other people to still survive. Mm, That was... Yeah, that's probably the main main thing, I think. And then when we finished uni, were you still in that role? I must have been. I think I was in that role for about six months, and then I got promoted. Only in six months? Amazing. Which I... Yeah, I was really shocked at. Um, I really enjoyed the job. I was having sort of really good reports sort of from my delivery managers. So they said, we'll put you forward as like a temporary, like promoted sort of position. And then shortly after that, they said, yeah, that's fine. You've got the job. I was like, I think it was, must have been about five grand more. So it was a big jump. Yeah. I had so much more responsibility as well, which obviously makes you feel really good. And you think, well, if I'm only doing this in, like in six months into just starting, this can only be a really good thing. Yeah. And then we all finished uni. And do you have any, um, did you have any thoughts on what everyone else was doing when we finished uni? Because we all, most people just came home. And was that much different? It was nice to see everyone again, probably more regularly. Um, but no, yeah, I just A thought... little Thursday club for a while. Oh, Thursday club. It takes me back. <laughs> it's a different pub every other week. Oh no, every week? Yeah, every week. We did quite a good thing, didn't we? Um, I think, yeah, it was still nice. But people were sort of slowly going to the jobs that they wanted to go into, which made sense. But not many, I don't think, out of all of us. No. Did you feel a sense of like, this is, was that, was there any point where you felt like, yeah, this is, I made the right choice? I think I or didn't. Did you just feel that maybe from the beginning? I didn't actually feel like that until I bought my own flat. Yeah. Um, and when did you buy your own flat? I bought for everyone else at home. Yeah, I bought my um, own flat on the outskirts of Bristol in July 2019. Or last year. So it's been over a year now since you moved to Bristol, which means everyone else would have been out of uni for a couple of years. Or year? Oh, I'm so bad. Oh, no, last year. A couple of years, because I went to... Yeah. Everyone else... A few years, everyone else had been out. But you'd managed to buy a house, and I would say everyone else was probably... I'm not going to name names. But a few people from our group were still getting out of their student debt, myself included. Actually, at this point... Oh, last, it was only last year. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I was only just making money, I think at this point because I'd just finished drama school paid off my loan and then I was earning money and then I decided to go to Bali so uh, spent said uh, savings so yeah I had no money and you just bought a house what did that feel like really 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 cool but also so nerve-wracking because I'm totally on my own I've got to be so well got to be so independent now 
if anything goes wrong in this, in my place, it's down to me. And you, you're just so proud of what you've achieved. But I also worry about it so much and thinking, oh, if anyone does anything to my flat or, you know, goes in there, like, it's mine. Yeah, I think we were all so excited that you got a flat because it meant that we didn't have to hang out at our parents' houses anymore. Like, we'd all just come out of uni. And then when we met up, we were now adults, but have to still ask our parents to meet up because we didn't have anywhere to go. We were like, yes, Lucy has a house. And then we get to Lucy's house, she's like, no one spill red wine on the carpet. I would kill you all. <laughs> oh, that funny story with that. <laughs> Last year, um, yeah, like I said, I was, I'm so over the top with like anyone spilling anything or marking anything in this flat, <laughs> which my mum finds really surprising because at home, like back at her house, I wasn't, I was a very clean girl, but a little bit lazy. And so I'm thinking, this is my flat. I'm going to have it spotless. Um, it will be the the cleanest flat on the the south, you know, the south side of Bristol. This will be the best flat. Um, and I was having Zoe round one night, and Zoe, when she's had a few had a few drinks, she does get a little bit. Well, she spills. I'll put it out there. She, <laughs> Just let you know, Zoe, if you're listening, you spill. She spills everything. <laughs> Be it cider, food, she's oh, she's all over the shop. She's a messy gal. She is. <laughs> Oh, it's just cracks me up. Normally on a night out, you'll just see some sort of spillage down her top or some sort of on her dress. Shout to Zoe. <laughs> Zoe's been outed. But what? And then it, what must have been maybe like the August, like last year, I'd came in with a big tiramisu, just like, you know, the ones you can get like from the shops, like a big tray. I wasn't going to yeah. put it in a bowl. I haven't got time for that. I thought, just grab a spoon and I'll eat it on the sofa with Zoe. But what did Lucy do? Lucy, it fell out of my hands and right in the middle, all this tiramisu just, oh, it covered my sofa. It was horrendous. I bet Zoe was like, haha, it wasn't me. She thought, Lucy's either going to freak out or we're going to laugh about it. Which one's this? And it was, we laughed because I thought, if I don't laugh, I'll cry. I'm definitely going to cry. <laughs> my new sofa. I remember when you got your flat, actually, you wrote and you were writing a list and stuff to put in your flat. And that, to me, was the most exciting part. You were like, oh, yeah, so far, you, you wrote all the details and I was very excited about it because you, you forwarded me the list. Even towels. We were getting excited about towels. What kind of towels are you going to get? You get to decorate. To me, that's the most exciting part, I think, about thinking about buying a house. Because when you rent, you have to be so careful. You can't really decorate anything. But you have your own home. So you can do whatever you want. Because hmm, I could have probably rented a lot earlier. Maybe even in my first job, they would have obviously taken a really large like chunk out of my wages. But I thought, no, it makes sense now. Well, I can just stay at my parents and just save, 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 which is what I did. So now, no, touch wood, I can, no one's going to chuck me out of this flat. It is mine. My name's on the mortgage. So I've got like a place to stay which is good. How was living with your parents straight after school? Like, how did you find that experience? Um, I think when my parents split, so I just moved straight in with my mum. Yeah. Me and my mum, yeah. That all happened quite the same time, right? That you started a job. Was that a similar time or had it been a year? They split up, I think, in November 2011. Um, so the year of our GCSEs. So it was, it, oh, okay. yeah, years before. it kind of then went into year 12 and 13. 
so like 2012, I'd moved in with my mum just to another like house, like in the village where we live, where I used to live. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've always had such a close relationship with my mum, so it just seemed right that I would just move in with her. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I wanted to do. So that was fine. And then we can cut this out. I don't mind if you don't want to answer this question. But did you have to give your parents any... Did you have to give your mum any rent whilst you stayed there? I had to give mum rent when I started earning. Um, Obviously, before I had no way of earning any money. But no, yeah, I paid my mum whatever she said. I think I paid just for rent. And then I had a skybox in my room. So I was like, I'm going to pay for that as well. And then Netflix also paid for... She paid for that and I'd pay her back for that. Nice. So you, you'd you already started understanding the same time as everyone else about paying rent and saving for a house as well. You managed to do that. Mm, yeah. I think at the time I'm, I was with sort of like my ex-boyfriend for about four years. So we were saving together. Okay. So that was, yeah, I had no, obviously no idea we were going, well, I had some idea we were going to split up, but... That was always the plan to save together and then we'd eventually buy yeah. a house. Um, okay. It was quite a big shock for me in like 2013 just to end it and then think, oh no, I've now set myself back. How long is it, you know, how long is it going to take me to now get my own property? Because the whole, the whole like premises of us getting together is, is that we could afford somewhere. Yeah. Just, yeah, just somewhere together because house prices yeah. are extortionate, especially in, in Bristol. Um, so yeah, when, when I eventually split from him, it was, okay, let's have a think, you know, I'll just have to keep looking at, at flats now, like a, ho- a house is probably not an option, no, definitely not on my own and what I'm currently on. But no, it then took probably another, I'm just trying to think now when I moved out. So I became single in 2017 and then I moved out in 2019. So it was another, yeah, another two years that I actually had to save up for. So not that long at all, really, in the grand scheme of things. No, when I look back, yeah, it seems to have gone really fast, probably during the time I was yeah. pulling my hair out, but... You're like, I want to leave now. Getting on my mum's nerves, with my laziness. <laughs> was your, did your mum ever quite press you to move out? Was she like Lucy, or where did she go in it? Uh, she never, no. She, was, she pressed me into getting a job, which I'm eternally grateful to her for doing. I'm, I was so shy and so sort of like introverted it was like credit to her she pushed me and said you either get a job or you can live with your dad it was <laughs> a threat yeah i thought well i'm not gonna live with my dad love love him but no not doing that <laughs> no yes yeah, so mum was she was just really proud and said lucy it's about time you're almost hitting that you know 25 you know 25 mark you should probably look at getting your own place now at least before you're 30 come on girl like I don't want you living here that long. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Well, I mean, for some people, that's going to be their reality now because they went to uni and again, the house, you kind of had a kickstart being able to do that early, which is amazing. And then back to your job again. So now you're doing, well, nearly doing something different. So we should say that you got many promotions, as I remember, in between when you started that new job and now. I did. So then I was promoted to actually become a delivery manager for three people, which is such a big responsibility. I think just where I work in the Ministry of Defence, 
There's so much extra work that goes involved with like writing performance appraisals, you know, managing so much like inventory. Yeah, I didn't know if I mentioned it. I'm a supply chain manager. Yeah, so no, you didn't mention it, yeah, so, which is incredible. Well, it basically means I can't say too much because yeah, it's not that secret. But what I what Ministry of Defence, Lucy. Yeah. Um, no, I literally just buy parts for for different air like types of aircraft, and that's just my yeah. main role. So we look after a wide scope of different aircraft. So we have to ensure that we keep them flying. And, yeah. yeah. And do you really enjoy that now? Oh, I'm probably get in trouble for this. No, um, yeah, I, I do. You could be honest. Yeah, I do. In parts, as much as you like. Yeah, I, I do enjoy it, but I am looking at getting another job now because I've done it for, obviously I've been promoted within this time, but I'm actually still doing the same job. So I'd like to do another sort of subdivision of logistics, um, but not supply, not being the ones, you know, we do get a rollicking sometimes if, if they don't have the kit w- yeah. w- when they need it, but that's not entirely our fault. So it's it's nice to find a job where you're not at the firing line all the time. And I feel like my yeah. job's really stressful, and I've said it to the girls many times before. I'm, you know, this job is so stressful. This is this is really not what I want. You know, I've spoken to my managers about this, and they they help in some extent, but they can't take it all away from you. And it is just life and this is what the job is and you've just got to try and do your your very best every day but it's really exhausting I think I cut this out if you don't want me to say it but there was definitely parts where you said you felt quite overwhelmed being a manager because of the responsibility but almost because you felt like you you weren't trained enough to carry out the role and then also you felt sometimes you were being undermined by other people and none of us, because you're kind of a massive leap ahead of all of us, had ever experienced that before. So we could only offer advice on what we felt was right. But none of us, I don't think any of us are managers. Um, so none of us could almost advise because you were slightly ahead of all of us. You were the first one to experience all of that. I, was, I think I was just so grateful just to speak to someone, maybe like outside of that sort of circle, because... Just to hear your like your guys' thoughts on it and say, oh, have you thought of it this way? Because I was really struggling. And my main problem is I am so self-critical just all the time. I think I'm not doing a good job. You know, not that, oh, people are better than me. I don't think like that, but oh, am I not doing the right the right job for people? They're so dependent on me. I feel like I'm letting them down. Oh, I didn't do that very well. I've just got to live. I set myself such high expectations that a part of me thinks, oh, well, you probably, it's so high. You might, you probably felt this. So why do you do it to yourself? You're setting a precedent for, for failure. And then that, I don't think I ever think it, but it's just me trying to be the best that I can be every day. And life is just not like that at all. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel like that. And when you explained that to all of us, I think we were all very quick to be like, Lucy, we know you and we know you're doing your best that you can do every day. And if you're not, like, that's quite unrealistic to say that every day you're going to do your absolute best. You can certainly try. Everyone has bad days. Everyone has different things. And acknowledging how much pressure you had in certain aspects 
to do certain things and to know that you were you were being undermined in parts whether that's because you're a woman whether that's because you were fairly young is that angered me a lot um and then I guess we were all trying to work out together how best to approach that situation. It all feels like very new adult adulty um problems <laughs> that we were we were trying to face with you. Yeah, it's just you've got to take a step back sometimes to think, I am I'm only young, I'm twenty-six years old. I'm not gonna solve all of the world's problems. I might not even be able to solve my own staff's problems, but at least if I'm there for them, I show I can support them, and then I'll just escalate that at the chain and say to my manager or even higher, what do you think of this? I'm, I've got an idea. Is it right? Should I go down another path? Is it totally wrong? You know, I'm, I'm really open. <laughs> I'm open to criticism because I am so self-critical, but then it makes you think, yeah, you just take a step back and you think, well, I'm, I'm actually doing a really good job. Stop being so hard on yourself, girl. And yeah. Yes, queen. Lucy, you are a queen. Um, I, you're incredible. I know you do like the absolute best you could ever do at your job because you're just that kind of person. You're incredible. And then quickly, I have an idea. Mm. I'm going to quickly put on my Instagram, but I'm going to put that would filming a podcast on um, not going to uni and see if anyone has any questions for someone who hasn't been to uni because I feel like some people might have some good questions for you so I'll just do that and then we'll talk for a bit longer and I'll see if anyone has any questions in the next 10 minutes how many how many years have you been working for um so it will be seven oh god seven years I'd like to point out that I think I worked out my pension age. Oh, so so depressing. I can't retire until, or get my pension until at least 68. So another... Oh my God. Wait, 68? I thought it would be, if I'm honest, I thought it would be like 70. Well, now it's 68. I think by the time we get there, we'll just have to work till we drop dead. Yeah. But we'll see. Drop dead. That's so depressing. Well, hopefully not. They might give us a little bit of freedom. Yes, so now you've been in that company, you've worked your way up to manager, and now you've decided to do something a bit different, which is? I am now going to join the RAF, which is the Royal Air Force, as a reservist, which is super exciting. Yeah, I was going to say you'd be so excited about for ages, which is so exciting to hear. And what what made you want to do that? That's a good question. So my dad was um, in the Navy um, when he was about 17. My dad too, maybe a bit earlier, but snap. He stayed for about, it must have been 10 or 12 years, but it was working with people from the Royal Air Force directly with my job. Oh, nice. Hearing just what their experiences were and are now, because some of them had left and then come back in, and they would say, oh, Lucy, you'd be great in the forces. You're, you're driven. You know, you're, really, you're really quite intelligent. I mean, I think this would be a really good job for you because working at a desk, how great it can be, but for the next 40-something years was not something I really wanted to do. The RAF is going to give me the opportunity to not only have a more physical role, but visit 
so many different countries and just yeah see the world and learn learn how to ski learn how to just do all different types of activities that I would probably never have the chance to do in my sort of civvy street as they call it like career amazing so would you say that not going to uni perhaps gave you a great opportunity to try out a few things still at an early age and then allowing you how to have time to discover other stuff? Saying that, I will say that I still am in the opinion that you can change careers any point in your life, 50, it's never too late. I have another podcast on that. But uh, that might be for someone who doesn't know what they want to do and has doesn't see uni as a good option might be a bit pointless that a bonus of that is you have time when you're still quite young to do several jobs to figure more things out exactly if you really want to do something I think and I've learned more than ever now is just go for it put in put all of your energy into it and just see where it takes you you never want to be at that moment in your life when you think oh I wish I'd done that or Oh, that would have been good if I just tried that. I think in the first part of my sort of MOD career, I did sort of feel, oh, you know, I should have gone to uni. It might have been, you know, more fun. I could have probably just got this job when I came straight out and I would have had a really good time. But now I'm thinking I'm now probably ahead of the curb. What, three, four years ahead of everyone? And it, well, it's a bad thing. I just... I really don't want to see it as a criticism of me. I don't think I'm above and think, oh, well, just because I didn't go to uni, I've now got all these opportunities. Well, no, I think it's a really good thing to recognise both sides. Like, I could argue a case for both sides, but as a bonus of not going to uni, absolutely, that's what it's given you. I don't have any money. You have a house and you're also already changing up another career. I just, my main goal now is to start this RAF career do the training, be in the role for maybe two, three years and then join full time. So my life will be completely different. I won't even probably be in Bristol. I'll be near London. I could even be abroad, um, I don't know, in Cyprus or the Falkland Islands. It can take you anywhere. And that's what's scary, but actually is so like thrilling about the job. Like your opportunities are endless. And I actually even get the chance to do a degree in the REF. I get this. I get oh, really? for free. <laughs> they pay for it. Amazing. No way. Oh, my days. Because my uni course is so expensive. But yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> if Apologies if it's not. But I think, yeah, they've put a lot to it, if not quite, you know, a bit to it, which I think it would be beneficial for me maybe to just have a degree under my belt. And if I wanted to go higher up, you know, or up in the ranks in the RAF, it will look better on my CV and it will show that I've had like like the willingness to try something different as well, not just go in, do the role, but look for more development opportunities. Yeah, great point. You could go to uni at any point. You don't have to go straight off the bat of uni. You can wait it out if you don't know what you wanted to do. One of my sort of like best work friends he's got a degree I think it's even in history he does the exact same role as me but yeah he's I don't have a degree but he does but it's not you know pushed him above me you know he's not in any higher management chain so then it just like showcased to me I didn't need a degree to get this job at all 
I think that's the case in so many people's jobs. They realise that um, they didn't need their degree to get the job role that they did. If Dan, for example, who I live with, is an accountant and the fact that he went to uni helped because the modules he specifically chose meant that he didn't have to... Because he has to do exams at work to keep going higher up and the modules he chose at uni that he needed for the job I mean he doesn't have to do them again but there's a lot of modules he didn't choose that he needs so he still has to do loads of exams and he said that he could just just come into this job without going to uni and just done all the courses paid by work and not paid for uni which I just don't think is something is not a negative thing now because I don't think it's something that anyone's aware of before they go to uni and the fact that only three people out of our whole year and we had quite a big school and we had quite a big sixth form went into just jobs and not a course of some sort is insane only three people went into jobs yeah i don't of a whole school yeah i don't know what they're doing now obviously the people that we spoke about but i assume they've just gone into different jobs you know again and they're yeah, I think I know where one of them's gone, but, you know, every, that's my um, so old boss at the MOD used to say, like, every day's a school day, you never stop learning, you never stop from gaining different experiences. And that's what probably looks quite appealing on certain CVs. And I found that when I had to, um, I had to do, like, marking of CVs just within my sort of management role. I now have to mark, like, people coming into the MOD and say, I'll check your CV. We're looking against this criteria. So I have that power, which feels really strange that someone who's who has A-levels but is now marking someone's CV, I am that, that sort of, you know, the barrier for them to try and get into this like organisation. But because I know the job so well, I can say, yes, they'd be right for it or no, you know, they haven't had that much experience because they can say, oh, I've got a degree, but they never never worked in their entire life. And you think... How are you going to cope in an office environment? It's it is difficult. You you can clash with a lot of people, and it, it's it's not as easy as people think just to do a standard office job. Do you have any advice? Let me give you a scenario. If someone was in you, if someone was in school right now and they didn't know what they wanted to do, and they had uni as an option but they weren't sure what to go to and they also didn't know what job they want what advice would you give them as someone who didn't go to uni and went straight into work hmm we say if covid wasn't impacting us the way it is so like or we say if we like remove covid altogether because i know it's difficult for people to get jobs at the moment that's also a good thought that I hadn't thought of. Yeah, say without COVID and then we'll talk about with COVID in a second because I think that's a really important, relevant thing as well. I would say try and make the decision to not go or to go as just as early as possible. Chat to, chat to as many people as you can. Chat to people at school, chat to your parents, you know, do some research. What are your main like hobbies and interests? Could you maybe tailor that? to what you want to do. You want to have a, a job and a career that's going to inspire you to to want to get up every day. It doesn't have to be a nine to five job, but it can, it will motivate you to want to be your best self. So that's the advice I'd give. 
just do the amount of research that you can. Maybe volunteer at some places as well, just to get a feel of what normal like working life is. And if it's not for you, then maybe try uni. But then uni is a big, big decision. It's going to cost you, you know, a lot of money as well. That's something to factor in. So it's not something people should take lightly or the easy, not easy, not easy way, but society's way nowadays is to go to uni when I think it should be more tailored to or like look at apprenticeships or different different job roles. And my sister's new job now, she's a mentor at Bass Bar Uni. And I'll talk about that in a bit yeah. later, but she's helping people like look at different jobs. So her job from, she was a teacher. She's now a mentor. So she's found it really, really like enlightening to try and work out and support people that want to have like the best career that they can. And what steps did you take before you made your... We kind of touched on it already, but just to clarify for everyone else, did you take before making the decision to not go to uni and to get a job? Did What options did you look into? So as in, did I look at what different unis were available? Anything. What did you look... Did you look at different jobs? Did you also look at unis? Mm, I looked at some unis because... I think it might have been in year 12 and like start of year 13. I thought, oh, I'd quite like to be a police, sort of police woman. That would, that would be cool. Oh, I remember when you wanted to be a police woman. Yeah. Um, I think I was just struggling with my studies at the time. And it was, it was quite hard because I'm, there was just a lot of things going on at home. I just really wasn't like in the right headspace. And I know that my grades, I feel, weren't going to be good enough to get me into the uni as well. That I wanted to go for and I remember Bangor had quite low like you didn't have to get many UCAS points so I thought well that's an option so that I think it was you must have been criminology there but then I would have been so far away from home like it's the other side I think it's in Wales yeah must be sounds Welsh it was yeah. <laughs> no idea yeah. I don't know um so that was that was one option but then yeah I just had that fear what if I get to the results day oh no, I've not even got the grade to get into this. Now what I'm going to do, so I would have put in so much energy into that, whereas I could have pushed that energy into finding a job, which is what I eventually did. So you did look at a few unis, and you also looked at jobs, and then you made your decision after that. Yeah, that's it. I find it quite funny that you said yourself that you were quite a shy person before, but you probably made the most boldest decision out of the whole year which is not going to uni because it feels like perhaps it was supposed to be the other way around like everyone you make a decision to go to uni because that's where your career is going to go whereas actually it's such a in my opinion a bigger decision not to go to uni because especially at our school because of how easy that the application process was made to us how much we have to do it in school that to not to choose not to do that you have to properly step outside the box and that's proven by the fact that you were only one of three people who chose to get a job and not go to uni or do a course so you proper broke out of the mold of not going to uni and standing and making your own decision in that and not being too impacted by everyone else's thoughts and opinions on what you should do hmm. i was just so i think yeah incredibly proud of my friends as well just for 
living their like their like best lives and wanting to know you know oh you want to do that career I know a lot of our friends are now teachers I don't envy them at all there's just so much work that they have to do it's such a challenging career oh after working with kids just in like play-based learning I yeah I do not envy them whatsoever so we have a new segment (laughs) now I just had a great idea to ask some questions because I realized that this one doesn't directly affect me because I went to uni so I was like "Hmm, let's see what other people would like to know on this topic because that's why I did it because I knew other people were interested because they messaged me so I've got three questions for you Luce are you ready yeah bring it on the first question that came in pretty quickly was do you feel like you missed out on the whole uni experience in quotation marks yes I Definitely feel I've missed out on that experience. But it's, some people have really good experiences and some people like on the opposite end of the scale. So actually, yeah, the good side of it, I, I do, I'm envious of. But like the loneliness and just being away from your family, no, I'm, I'm glad. And I don't, you know, I don't miss that. Very true. What do you, what are the aspects that you feel you could have missed out on? Um, just experiencing a different a different city meeting people from all around the country that have come to like study with you as well um i'm a bit of a foodie so again like different foods and restaurants and places to eat that sounds a bit shallow but i do love my food all of those things you can still do and actually going back to something you said earlier about the reason why you want to join the raf is so you can also do it in different places and you can travel if that's something that people are envious of from uni there are definitely other opportunities you can do to get that one you could go traveling for a few months and get that experience and then or you could do a job like you're going to do and get the same experience with people in different places that's interesting i wondered if you were going to say like freshers week or the nightlife no no i took it back to food didn't i no, yeah, I've just thought of that. Love it. Freshers. I'm not I'm not really one for going out, 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 out. Um, even when I was a bit younger, I always used to get a little bit bored around sort of 12 o'clock and say, oh, can I go home now? I just hated it being dragged out. I'm not a club girl. I'm oh, my God, a... I just, I love that. That's me now. I just, I feel like when you go to uni, you almost feel like you just do it because that's what it is and some people love going out and I did it a lot in the first year because that's just what everyone else was doing and there was large parts that I enjoyed but yeah absolutely there's so many parts I didn't I literally just had a conversation with Zach recently where I said I'm so glad now I've realized that I can go home at a time that I feel comfortable in, whereas before I would honestly look at my watch and it would be like 11, 12 and I'd be like, one more hour, Simone, you can do it, one more hour. And I felt like I had to do it because everyone else was, or it would be weird if I just went and left by myself, whereas now I'm very comfortable with just being like, okay, I'm going to go now. And I remember the point in which I started doing that and everyone would be like, are you okay? What's wrong? I was like, I've had a great time, but I'm ready to go home. If I stay any longer, it won't be a great time. It's been a perfect time, and now I'm ready to go. Exactly. Strong and independent, you know what you want. I think I had that one time, it must have been like two or three years ago, I was dressed as a skeleton for like a Halloween night out. 
And what happened? Obviously, the clocks, they go, yeah, they go back. So you're actually there yeah, that happened an- another hour. And you're like, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> Take me home. I'm everyone... so done. It's like, no, oh, it's actually only, you know, 12 o'clock now instead of one. And I'm just there, like, sobbing in the corner, like, I just want to go home. And also, from the outside, the other stuff that people say you learn from the uni experience is one, like, meeting new people and being away from home. But then it's life skills. But you learn a lot of life skills from just working a full-time job. Like, you met people, you had to manage your finance, you saved to get a house, and now you own a house. And you've learned all those things then. So really, you didn't miss out on those things. You've you've done it now, but in a format where you have money to do it nicely. <laughs> Whereas everyone else did it on a budget. True that. I've still got to be... Oh, I'm a bit of a spendthrift now. Sometimes I see a lot of stuff and I think, oh, I'll just buy that and buy that. No, Lucy, you've got to pay your electric bill. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay, second question. Did you feel left out slash missing out? And if so, did you regret it? I think when I saw, like within our girl group, when I saw probably a lot of, well, like a cluster of you going out like all together at someone's uni, I, I felt a little bit, bit of FOMO and thought, oh, I wish I was there with them. Oh, that looks really cool. Um, it didn't happen often though. It was, you know, really few and far between. But yeah, that was probably the only time I got a little bit envious is when I saw like photos on Instagram. I think that's the worst part, isn't it? You don't know what you're missing out on until someone posts it online. Until that, you're living quite a happy. You're just you're just going along, and then you look on your phone and you're like, oh, is that what I'm missing out on? Maybe that's better. But in some mm. cases, not better. Like you said before, just it's just a picture. Whereas maybe someone had an awful night out. Rouge trying to get in my door. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe someone had an awful night out, but posted a great photo in the beginning of the night, and it looks like oh they've had an amazing evening when they haven't. Oh, I'm gonna have to let her in. There's, but then there's nothing to say like what you've done in that day. I mean, isn't as exciting as what they've done. You know, I could have gone like, away for the weekend. I just didn't put it on Instagram. But I found it really enjoyable, but no one else saw it, so no one else could comment and then think, "Oh, I'm really, you know, I'm really envious of Lucy now because she's just gone, you know, to the beach for the weekend or like, away to London." It's just, yeah, you've got to be, you know, you shouldn't be careful what you post online because you're entitled to post whatever you want. But you just think sometimes there's always people that are thinking they're like worse off than you, and we're actually all in the same boat. Very true. I think in that regards. In my personal opinion, everyone should be careful what they post if it's if it's not the version of the truth that actually happened. Like when people post stuff and they actually haven't had a good time or it's it's a false representation of what happened because all it filtered pictures which are really unrealistic because it's just you're then not helping other people because they think something's real and it's actually not. And then the other side is we all just need to learn a bit more self-love and confidence, which is much easier said than done, to not let those things bother us as much. Because we are in charge of our own happiness. We are. I'm just going to mention as well about perception. I remember when you took those photos or when you went to Bali, 
and those, you know, they were charging you like so much just to get to that point, and those photos weren't even real. But it's just what they, you know, what how they're marketing it makes it seem like it's it, it looks spectacular, but they're just actually twisting the truth. Yeah, well, not it's in Bali. It's not even the people who run it as well. It's literally the people who who that it's only a thing because there's a demand for it. It's the people who are like Instagram hungry. Madness. Um, good point. Last question. This is this is a good one, I think. I don't think we've touched on this yet. How did they manage, they meaning you, so how did you manage to avoid the stigma of people who didn't go to uni being stupid? Oh, okay. No one's really... Oh, yeah. So no one's really ever said that to me. Or, you know, that said that I'm stupid for not going in actual fact from people I've worked with and a lot of our friends they've sort of been really positive about it and said oh Lucy you actually made the really a really good decision no I've I've never been called yeah like stupid or oh yeah you just didn't have like the capacity to go no yeah it's all been really like positive like feedback I've had from people which is really good yeah you are incredibly intelligent so that I don't think that was any ever on anyone's mind, but I can imagine where some people might be afraid that there is a stigma attached to if you don't go to uni, it's because you didn't get good enough grades, or if you don't go to uni, it's because you're not capable of getting a degree. And this degree is kind of sometimes put on a pedestal, like that's the best thing you can do. My dad, for example, was like, no one's got a degree in my family. My family's really big. You should you should be the first one to get a degree. And to him, that was this amazing achievement that you could do is if you went to uni, but it's just because he didn't know any different. And I'm certain if I speak to him now, he has a very different opinion on it. But that was what I think some people do. There is definitely, in some regards, a stigma attached to that. It depends on the person. No, yeah, I agree. But thankfully, I've got a really good, like, supportive group of friends and they've never been mean that's quite nice <laughs> amazing and your parents sounded really supportive I think some people's parents will, might perhaps not be as supportive and think that you have to get a degree to do right by the family or because they they want that title for themselves almost mm. my brother and sister they actually both went to uni so I'm the only one who hasn't gone my well my parents didn't go either but they both did really well. They got a first and a two one. But then my sister needed that degree to be a teacher, so that was a given. But my brother, he had a first in um, mathematics. But even like still now, he doesn't actually know really what he wants to do. It, well, he want he knows like in the future what he'd like to be. But for now, he's now looking at doing a master's in meteorology, which is. That's really yeah. interesting that you're one of three. I didn't think about that before because you, it maybe in some respects helped that Hannah, your sister, who's older than you, went to uni first perhaps <laughs> because it's like someone went and they've experienced what it, it is like as a whole and then she can feed it back to you. I almost wish I'd had someone who was older than me and then could have lived it a bit more and then relayed it back. I don't think I'd quite understood enough to relay it back to my sister in time. 
nor do I know if she would want to listen or if perhaps she she's in a job that she did a uni degree in, so good for her. Um, but yeah, that's quite interesting that you're one of three. What do you feel compared to your other siblings? Is there any rivalry or do you see them struggling a bit more or do they are they envious of you or are you guys all good? Um, I think my brother gave me a little bit of banter for it and said, because down in my mum's lounge, she's got the photos of both of them holding their scroll with all their... I was going to say costume. It's not really a costume, is it? But with the... What the hat? The gown and the cap. That's it. The gown and the cap. And we always have that joke and say, oh, because there's only a little photo of me dressed up in a character I played in a year six play in the lounge. So it's those two. (laughs) And it's like that. It looks like my only crowning achievement. But actual fact, I've done a lot more since (laughs) I was 11. But no, that makes me a bit sad. (laughs) Seeing them with their... That's quite funny. You just <laughs> the mantelpiece is you, age eleven. The other two of two degrees. I know. And you think one day, hopefully, well, when I'm in my RAF uniform, I'll have a professional photo, and then that can be a much bigger frame and sit proudly in the middle. <laughs> well, that's so funny. I hope. Again, that's just attaching. Um, kind of what? What's the word I want to use? It's attaching material things to your achievements whereas you're you can talk you can list your achievements plentiful now you don't need a cap and gown to signify that if anything my cap and gown all it really signifies is nine contact hours a week and me watching a lot of netflix and yes passing my exam performances and writing some essays and I got a first, but nowhere ever. This is another funny thing. Nowhere ever do you mention really what grade you got at uni. It is just to have the title of a degree. And then not many people know what to do with that degree. Like you said, people in your job role have a degree, but you've got the same role, so you didn't need the degree. If I wanted to go higher, I think I can go to the next level um, without one. I'm not sure if I can go above that without a degree. They've changed the rules a little bit, which is a little bit sneaky. But I suppose if that if they want, you know, sneaky. yeah, if they want you to have I... that extra qualification, <gasps> is that your I shoe? left this on my bed, and it's some wings and a hat. I just turned around. I was like, "What is Rue eating?" She was eating this. She has glitter all over her face. Oh Rue! Oh my god! She's covered in red glitter. Oh, wow. I think we'll call it there before I have a dog that eats my bed or something. Thank you so much, Lucy. Um, I've taken a lot of your time now. (laughs) I've asked you to come back to answer some questions. Do you have any final thoughts? Don't worry if you don't. Um, No, I'd probably just say, you know, don't panic. Don't sort of get to sixth form and think, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. That's okay. It's it's not as bad as you think it's going to be. There's so many different opportunities now. Well, COVID's impacted it slightly. But just be really positive and hopeful that something will come. It might not come straight away, but you will have, you know, the job you want and, like, the job fulfilment you need. 
you know, just to have a really like positive and happy life. That's a great point as well. Sorry to come back again. I'm still talking. Um, that you didn't know what you wanted to do. And I think that's perhaps what people are really afraid of is they don't know what they want to do either way. They don't know what they want to do as a job. They don't know what they want to do at uni. It's exactly what you did. You decided not to have the cost of uni and do a degree that you had no idea what you wanted to get out of the end. You went into work and then you kept working because you started finding things along and learning a lot of the new skills and now you're in a job that you really enjoy and now you found something else that you really enjoy and you want to do so you just keep going and it's worked out well for you in the end and you didn't know what you wanted to do in the beginning so yeah don't panic if you don't know what you want to do you have time if you choose not to go to uni even more time I would say to, to discover what it is and you don't need to know as soon as you leave school because it's quite unrealistic. It is. I think we're still quite young, even at 18, to then push us into something to probably to decide what we're going to do for the rest of our, I don't know how long we're going to live, what, 70 plus, you know, 70 years after that. So, Mate, you're going to live till 90. I'm heading. Everyone's 90. Everyone I know, at least 90 or more. I've got it. My grandma's 93, Lou, so you're definitely going to make it till then. So 18, what's that? You're a baby. You're still a baby. Too right. Well said, Simone. <laughs> And if not, I mean, life could be very short. We don't know what's around the corner, but just there's no point in that case worrying about it. You might as well jump into something. And if it doesn't work out, you can change it. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Keep calm and carry on. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Okay, thank you, Lucy. I will press stop now. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye.